It's now almost a year since Russell Brand joined Radio 2. In this special one-off programme, we take a look back at Russell's best bits from the last 12 months. And let's face it, a lot can happen in a year. He's been trapped in a tropical prison in Hawaii, longing to be famous again. He's been stuck in a car with Matt Morgan, trying to drive across the USA. And he's been in a BBC studio in Manchester, where it didn't stop raining. So sit back and enjoy all your favourite moments from the past year. Online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. You're listening to BBC Radio 2. This is the Russell Brand Show and he is your host. I am... Man tampons. Mampons. Do you want a tampon? Be a bit embarrassed about girl ones. Get some of these lovely mampons. Just <laughs> clog yourself up anywhere you like. Put them in your eyes, your mouth, your back, your legs, your put them as rollers. Mampons. You're listening to the voice of the sexiest vegetarian in all of Europe. Oh, hello, I'm from Victorian times. Oh, don't you know, I'm slightly affected. Give us a movie, I'll cry. <laughs> yeah, and if I don't get a movie film by the end of the day, I don't know what I'll perish and do. <laughs> Cha-cha, totally pip. I would go out tonight, but I haven't got a stitch to I'm so sexy and so vegetarian, fiddling with my pole. Yeah, yeah. London, I must be transcending into a better place. <laughs> I must be the new Jesus out there caring about the old carbonites. <laughs> Don't have no more carbonites for your dinner, no matter what you do. Funny, I should be here in this vegetarian restaurant. Oh, oh, this old thing, this trophy, <laughs> it's falling out my bag. <laughs> oh, this this plaque, I'll eat my dinner off that if I may. <laughs> Care in the community as well sounds like a vaguely nice thing, but if you live next door to someone from Care in the community, they will have sex with your wheelie bin, I've discovered. Take me out tonight. Sexist, no, <laughs> sexist vegetarian. That'd have been a more appropriate award. Oh, I darling, give us a bit of veggie haggis. I just wanted to wish you, says Katie, all a very happy Lossar, the Tibetan New Year. Lo, meaning year, Sar, meaning new. This is now the Tibetan, Tibetan Year 2134. Wow, we're wow. in the future. Year of the Fire Pig. Wow, that why would you have good. that? It's the year of the fire pig! Yeah, it's a sexy thing to have, isn't it? Yeah. What, what is that? a fire pig, though? Well, imagine, like, you know, pigs in space on Muppets. It'll be a bit like that, but one of them has come out of the out of the shuttle and is going through space all ablaze. That's what I imagine. No, I think so. What no. do you think it is? I see a pig being turned on the fire with an apple in its mouth. That Aww. pig's got no power! <laughs> How yeah, do you know? They, I don't know. He's got a spit! <laughs> He's got no power. He's been completely emaciated. Why? Yeah, the year in the fire pig doesn't say it's the fire pig in control. It's this it. whole year! He's got a year. year. It's a year of the fire pig and you've just put him on a spit. <laughs> Come on. May it be auspicious and bring you good fortune. Ah, just to clarify, year of the fire pig... We have always said in the Tibetan Book of the Dead is a bit like pigs in space from Muppets <laughs> and nothing like a pig being roasted on a spit. 
Just to make that clear, that's part of our dogma. Love from me, the writer of this email. If you can find a way to solve the Chinese occupation of Tibet, I assure you we'd be very grateful. Right, we'll get those Chinese out of Tibet, will we? We'll try. We'll yeah. bl- I tell you what, if, if the Chinese don't leave Tibet over the course of this radio show, it won't be for want of us trying. <laughs> now, firstly, we'd like to say, get out! <laughs> That's not your Tibet! Get out! That's their Tibet. Come on, give Tibet back now. You've only, you had a little borrow of it, now give it back. <laughs> Uh, right, that's from Katie. Right, we've done a bit to help Tibet. We'll keep up trying to liberate Tibet from the Chinese over the course of the show. The best bits. Russell Brown. Russell, Matt and Trevor, I have a problem of the utmost importance which I need your help with. Having followed your recent success with Whispering with Dogs, because we solve people's problems in an item called Cry for Help, where people ring us up and then they go, help, like that, and then we help them. I would like your help solving my pigeon-related problem, says Niall Ingham. He's got a pigeon-related problem. I'm a hard-working student, and as such, I'm not usually awake before 12. Idle. However, there are two pigeons which wake me up. Okay. Well, this sounds an intriguing problem. He thinks that these pigeons are malicious. And he wants to buy... He's thinking about buying an illegal firearm to get rid of him. No, at this time, with this hell. social tension going on. Well, I believe Niall Ingham may be available for us to talk to. So let's have a chat to him. Niall, are you there? Hello, Russell. How are you? I'm very well. Why do you begin all conversations by making a robot noise? <laughs> I'm very sorry about that, Russell. <laughs> you mustn't do it. <laughs> Just be yourself. Don't be anybody else. I believe that's one of the lyrics from Just Say No. You don't have okay. to be anyone else, not a robot, not no one. So what seems to be the trouble? We've got a, a, the gist of it is that pigeons are driving you to become a gangster. Well, the problem was, it started off, I'd just bang on the window and they'd fly off, but in recent... You'd in just re- bang on the window? Yeah, and in recent weeks, they've sort of... Well, they, they're getting very cocky now, and mm. I, I can shout and scream at them, they won't move. Like, my housemate, Lank, I mean, he, he went... Your housemate who? Uh, my friend Lank. He's Lank. 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 He sounds like he's from the Munsters. <laughs> no, he's very tall, though. He's very tall. <laughs> Lank. Okay, your housemate Lank, who immediately I'm suspicious of. So uh, this is it. The pigeons have evolved to be able to absorb up fear. They're no longer afraid of you. You bang well, on the window, yeah. they just ignore it. Well, he poured shampoo on them. And it oh, was- no. This is the abuse. Well, no, it was, it was it was twofold, really. One, they'd be cleaner for it, and two, we're hoping they'd go away, but... You mustn't ha- shampoo God's creatures, <laughs> don't think, young man. Well, so there's pigeons on the window, you terrorise them, then you pour shampoo on them. Well, it, it was desperate times, desperate measures. What right? are they doing wrong? What's the problem? Yeah, what is the problem? Well, they're just, they're just cooing constantly. It wakes me up all the time. They're cooing is the gentle sound of nature, mate. Coo, but, coo, and, coo. Yeah, Get into it. But the problem is, the other morning... You I... make robot noises at the beginning of the conversation and we've been very patient and tolerant. A pigeon does a quick coup and you're on them with a Vidal Sassoon. You want to well, get hold of yourself. I was... They just... Their response now is just to copulate in front of me, which isn't appropriate behaviour. They're copulating in front of him. Does this yeah. turn you on or something? Are you into it? Because when I see pigeons having it off, I just politely look the other way till they're finished. Then I'll see if they need anything, like a tea towel or a cuddle, calm them down. <laughs> what I don't do is watch them when they're in the throes of their passion. Well, it's hard not to when outside my bedroom window, that's the problem. I wonder why they've chosen that as a venue. I wonder if you're letting off pheromones, pheromones, <laughs> off your nuts that lure pigeons. That's what I'm beginning <laughs> to wonder, Niall. If you're attracting those pigeons, sending out the wrong signals, are you? I thought the banging on the window would have been a message that they were... What they are you using to bang on the window? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Just my hands, Russell, just my hands. You say that, 
you dirty little devil. I think you and Lank stand in your bedroom, stiff as boards, the pair of you. And they're embarrassed that the, the pigeons are seeing what they're up to, him and Lank. <laughs> yeah. And why is shampoo involved? Yeah, why is shampoo even in the bedroom? Yeah, quick, Lank, they're watching us. Throw the, throw the shampoo. <laughs> oh, Lank, grab some of the products the pigeons are watching. We are hard-working students. What we're doing here is up to us, pigeon boy. <laughs> How we unwind is our own business. Here, throw one of the whips. Throw our chaps at the window. I don't know what you're up to, young man, but if you think we're going to support you in your attack of God's lovely pigeons... Poor innocent pigeons. Innocent. Seeing you and Lank. At it. <laughs> Lumbering all over. Clawing hey, each other's back. Hey, there's some pigeons come back. <laughs> don't worry about it, Lank. I'll drive him away. Where's the acid? If we didn't keep releasing all this musk off our nut bags, maybe those guys would clear off. I'll chuck the Vaseline, boss. <laughs> we're going to need that, Lank. Keep hold of the grease. Grease me up. Get rid of those feathery poivoids. What are you watching for? I you are to blame, Niall. I can assure you my um, intentions are honourable. I just like a decent night's sleep, to be honest. Well, I'll stop my... having it off with Lankman. That's the problem. <laughs> Don't blame the pigeons, mate. But the sleep afterwards is so much nicer. <laughs> That's true. You and Lank in each other's arms, all cuddle up, nuzzling, purring. I bet it's used to cooing at each other. Cool, cool. Oh, Lank, you make me feel so good. Cool, cool. How dare you, Russell? I have a girlfriend. Oh, God, she'd be oh, so upset. She would be. If she finds out about you and Lank, your girlfriend, stroke beard that you're using. Listen, just own it, mate. Well, this is another issue that Tatchell should be involved in. Where is he? Where is Tatchell? What's wrong with the gay men in this country? They're not standing up and being proud of their sexuality. We'll get to the bottom of this. Right, anyway, go help in a, like that voice, because otherwise we can't help you. Sounded like the sort of man who would very happily... Lance just grabbed him from behind. <laughs> it did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. The only thing you need help from is from Lank's clammy fingers <laughs> groping your pelvic bone. Now, listen, young man, what I suggest is you just accept them pigeons. Don't hurt them, because when I see them spikes on ledges where pigeons That's should not to hurt them, just to stop them landing. I don't like it, though, Matt. They've got to sit somewhere, those pigeons. Yeah, but they do poo everywhere. No, you know, I like that. They are allowed to go and sit and live in the countryside. <laughs> what are they going to eat? They are allowed. They are allowed. Look at you, Daily Mail attitude to pigeons. <laughs> These pigeons come over here. They prevent me and Lank from having our sexual, physical fun. Then they steal our jobs. My house is covered in spikes to stop them landing. Freeloaders. <laughs> Bloody freeloading pigeons. Don't live at sea. Yeah. They come over here. They run minicab services. They can't be trusted. <laughs> For Christ's sake, young man, listen, I think you need to extend a bit more tolerance and warmth to the pigeon community. They are our feathered brothers. Couldn't you, as you're an animal lover, couldn't you find a home for them? They can come live around my house. I, I do actually I know how bothered. to get rid of in this, and Matt, it's not a bad thing. You might know, Matt, but do I you think that idea. Niall is a person we can trust with that sort of information? Yes. Niall, or as I call him, Nihilist, because he believes nothing has any meaning. Go on the internet, get a picture of an eagle or a hawk with a big, with a, like a close-up of its eye, this works, and then stick it to the inside of your window, and, when, and the pigeons won't land there because it'll look like there's a bigger bird there. Also, people will think that you're a far-right extremist. <laughs> You'll have no-one bothering you with eagles <laughs> in your window. Why don't you put swastikas up as wallpaper as well? No, it's true. It'll work. It might work. And also... We'll get a big rubber bird. <laughs> 
get a big rubber <laughs> bird from? For Christ's sake, Matt, what kind of life do you live? Right, OK, well, we've helped you best we can, Niall. You can get a picture off the internet of an eagle, or you can get a rubber bird out of some shop that don't exist, or you can simply have confident sex with your friend Glank and own up to who you are. <laughs> How about that as an option? Um... I don't, I don't know whether it'll work though, because they, they seem to be very clever, these pigeons. I don't, I'm not sure whether that will. will that Compared will... to you, they are, you dirty little racist. <laughs> now, come on, let's get in the Christmas spirit. I'm here in Hawaii, whilst Matt Morgan is there in London. Hello, Matt. Hello, Russell. Oh, you're in charge of the switches, are you? Of course I am, yes. Can you perhaps press one that conjures up the mood of Hawaii, as we have been doing? There we there are. There we go. If that don't conjure up this crime-ridden nest of hatred in which I currently dwell, I don't really? know what Really? There's crime there? There's crime in Hawaii, You're let joking. me tell you. I see a sign the other day when I was on the way to uh, Mike, my surfing instructor's house. <clears throat> We've taken our relationship don't up, cough up, there up to another just level. Don't cough that. Mike, what my surfing instructor's house. <laughs> oh, Mike! <laughs> The, the reason Why are you I'm going to his house? You don't learn surfing at houses. <laughs> I learn, I'm learning <laughs> oh. a hell of a lot there, let me tell you. I'm learning what it is to be a man round Mike's house. What's okay. his house like? Nice. It's, it's, it's all well and good being able to surf the ocean, but you've got to be able to surf your own emotions. Um, what, is his house air-conditioned? Yeah. Why do you want to know that? Just want to know, tell me. Yeah, it is. He's having it done up. He's having a jacuzzi put in, in the back garden. Oh, have you had the tour? <laughs> <laughs> we held hands, the two of us. It was actually quite marvellous. I'm going to knock this uh, whole wall through. You're going to do that with your hands, Mikey. <laughs> I bet you probably oh, no, could if you, you wanted to. <laughs> Go on, Mikey, knock it over. <laughs> you could reduce <laughs> this place to matchwood. <laughs> oh, let's oh, not Mike. go to the beach today, Mikey. <laughs> Look at those waves, Mike. They look ever so rough. Stay in here. Hold me, Mike. Let's practice holding our breath under the bath. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, my trunks have come down. <laughs> the best bits. Russell Brown. Jonathan Ross just bowled in here, didn't he? Yes. He did. yeah. Bowled as brass. All right, hello. Hello, he's another person completely at ease with himself, isn't he? He is, yeah. And in fact, he was um, the prime example of uh, today's theme, in my case, of embarrassing incidents when meeting famous people. Here's but a few examples of embarrassing incidents when I've met famous people. Embarrassing incident one. When I was about 16, or, or no, no older than that, 20, I met Chris Morris wandering the street. He was a, sort of a hero of mine. I just saw him walking down a, a street in sort of uh, round Soho. And uh, last week, my mate Carl Theobald, now who, the guy who's in, in Green Wing, very fine actor, we did a double act at that time. And we had flyers and we were going around hawking ourselves around agencies. And like Chris Morris walked by, and went, oh my god, that's Chris Morris, that's Chris Morris. So like I went, and I thought like you know, I even then had this attitude of you know, carpe DMCs a day, an opportunity like that comes along, why not? What are you gonna you know, I, I uh, and then a line that I use on an almost daily basis. What are you gonna do? Remember the day that you saw Chris Morris and then didn't go and talk to him? I've managed to reprise that <laughs> into a, into bludgeoning people into giving up their inhibitions. Times. What are you gonna do? What are you going to tell your grandchildren about the day that you didn't sleep with Russell uh, Brand? I fear grandchildren will be out of the question now that you've contracted syphilis. <laughs> um, that's a lovely little joke. Now, um, I'm, I'm actually clean as a whistle, sharp as a thistle. Yeah, so like, I sc scampered off after, like, my mate Carl goes, Oh, Chris Morris, shall we trouble him? I go, yeah, no, we must, we must, we must seize the opportunity. I ran off after him, clutching a flyer. Goes, oh, and I remember distinctly going, Mr. Morris! 
Morris, Mr. Morris. So that grot bag crocodile. <laughs> like, and he's such an irreverent sort of man, isn't he, as well, to call him Mr. Morris, Mr. Yeah, but what Morris. if you'd gone, Chris, Chris? It yeah. would have been worse. Been overbearing, wouldn't it? So, yeah, called him Mr. Morris. <clears throat> sort of thrust a grubby little flyer in his general direction. I goes, oh, yes, oh, hello, my friend and I, we do, uh, we do a double act. I mean, if you're, if you're busy, if you're not busy, it'd be lovely if you could come, expecting him to come to, to above some North London pub and sit and watch me and Carl Theobald scrabbling our way through a half-baked sketch. He's actually some of them quite good. But I go, um... He goes, well, well, thank you for this piece of paper, but I, I shan't be coming, but jolly good. You know, he was sort of polite about it. He was nice. He wasn't sort of embarrassed or embarrassing. Mostly I was embarrassed about the Mr. Morris bit, but what I suppose you say right. after he said that? Okay, Mr. Morris. Okay, Mr. Morris, governor. Sort of tipped me cap, <laughs> clicked me heels, uh, flipped a halfpenny in my fingers and made off. And then uh, when you did the show, did you sort of look at the back? Did you think, oh, is that Mr. Morris? Oh, it's Mr. Mr. Morris could be here any minute. Yeah, preparing a, a chair for him in a... a, a a Mr. Goddo style. Reserved for Mr. Morris. <laughs> and Mr. Goddo could be here any minute. He'll prepare a chair, prepare a chair. Most embarrassing me of all, when I first went on Jonathan Ross's radio show, he goes, oh, all right, you know, I have my phone number. You know, take, at the end of it, he gave me his phone number. He goes, yeah, I'll take my number. You'll be too timid to use it, of course. And, uh, so I later on thought, right, timid, you say? So I like, later on took, I had, took a photograph of myself with a, a lady with big boobs, with her boobs. Big boobs! She got big boobs! They was visible boobs! I know Jonathan Ross to be a keen fan of the, a, a big boob. It's clear, isn't he? He likes Russ <laughs> Matthew. He likes big boobs. His wife's got big boobs, hasn't she? Stop he's, saying he's, big boobs. Big boobs! Big boobs! What? Wee wee! It's evident, isn't it? It's a self-evident yeah. truth. And like, so I like, had my Picture taken with this lady's boobs. <laughs> like, you can't take him. I took it. Me actually, like it with my extended arm, as if I, oh, it was. You've a... got an extended arm. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I didn't want to worry you. <laughs> I'm bionic. <laughs> I'm bionic, bionic, ironic, all of them. And like sort of, I, I like, had my picture taken with her boobs, as if I was clutching a pike. <laughs> there we go. Look at those, right? So I took my phone with that and then texted it to Jonathan. Ross saying like a, not only am I not too timid to use your number I'm disgustingly over familiar never mentioned it since you mentioned it to him no I should have brought it up just then when he came in the room shouldn't I yeah. But like, go on, so Lulu's there in a mortarboard and uh, a gown, presenting one by one the diplomas to all the worthy, educated young people of that university. And, uh, and as I recall as the me. story, <laughs> Matt Morgan there, like, and Lulu's, uh, Lulu's shaking her, they, what, you, what is it, it's on the stage, it's everyone awful, walks right? up some stairs, across the stage, Lulu's in the middle, she shakes your hand, she gives you a diploma. The worst thing is, your name's read out, you walk from, you, oh, it was about 20 metres right. from the side of the stage to where Lulu was. So you've got a little twitchy walk of, oh my god, yeah. I'm walking towards Lulu. But also, because your name's and people are clapping, you sort of, on that walk, sort of feel like you should turn to the crowd and go, yep, that's me. <laughs> yep, right. I'm Matt Morgan. This is me getting my head Thanks diploma. Thanks the clapping. Uh, <laughs> Love the clapping thing you're doing there. It's a good celebration of my achievements. So, so it's really nerve-wracking because you're waiting to go up and, yeah. and, and everyone's sort of like just released across that stage. Yeah. And then suddenly it's your turn. And everyone, one by one, was coming up, coming up with a pithy thing to say yeah. to Lulu. Go, yeah. all right, darling, you make me want to shout. Relight my fire, love. All some the lads, one by one. Her, some blokes kissed her, know, handshake, maybe a hug, two kisses, one kiss each side, one on the lips. He's a cheeky one. All these people doing different little takes of the of the receipt of, the receipt yeah. of a it. diploma. I, 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 can't I know. I wonder about that. The social skills mm. to actually enjoy that.
So, um, like, yeah, so, so anyway, Matt, I'm walking Matt, across Matt, the yeah, stage. All these stage. people have done a witty thing. They've all said, all right, Lulu, make me want to shout. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Matt reaches the stage. It's his turn. What are you the supposed to be is, nervous and The distance towards her, she was smiling at me and... It's such a uh, that's awkward anyway when it's someone yeah. you know that you sort of see them at a distance and yes. then you have to yeah. all right and then you're still <laughs> you've walking. got to kill that time yeah. the walk yeah and you've got to you kill think, yeah you think, I'm walking weird I'm walking weird <laughs> my walk looks weird Lulu's going to judge me on my walk she'll take back the diploma and Matt's all getting more and more nervous on his little walk going towards her oh here comes a moment here comes a moment no, and I feel sure. so, no, in my head I said just say thank you just, just say take thank the you the scroll. And, and say, say thank, thank you. you. Simple. Just say thank you. But what did you say? You took her oh. hand, shook her hand, and said, Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> Lulu. <laughs> you just said her name at her. Come on, let's put on the, the surprise tune. Right, okay. Well, Matt's undermined it by saying it's rainbow. Where's the lyrics? Rainbow. That never happened when we were kids. Above the streets and houses, rainbow flying high. I don't remember that rainbow in the background. See you, Friday. Over the sky. This is this weird. This is this is unusual. This is it wasn't like that when we were kids. What's going on? They revamped it. Charlie, the photographer from Radio Times, says it's been nice. revamped. That nice. I like that pipe. <laughs> it's like all along the streams and rivers. There's a whole new world. I didn't know about that bit. The morning breaks. What's this? Paint the whole world with a rainbow, man. And with it being gay pride and that, what a wicked rainbow. thing. Paint it with a rainbow. So, uh, we've got Zippy on the phone. Uh, well... <laughs> 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 Hello, my name's Hello, Russ. Uh, <laughs> Zippy, have you I been drinking? You don't use words, You don't use Look at that. Well, you've got, you've got I'm always with Zippy. I can't get him away. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. Do you some, have you gone mad and <laughs> do that? You could have conversations between them. Hey, actual man behind Zippy and George, let's contact. Yes, hello. hello. Oh, wow. Wow. Even that voice, you suave, You're sophisticated sex object. What's your real name, please, sir? My name is Roy Skelton. Oh, Roy, hello. What a fine name. Uh, pardon? I said it's a fine name, Roy. You've got a certain of dignity it's a fine and name. It's a famous there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're on crackers. Hey, Roy, so you do, like, some of the famous voices that come out of your brain and mouth are Zippy, George, and Daleks. Did yes, indeed, and Cybermen I did originally, and uh, oh, all sorts of crotons and God knows what else, yeah. Wow, there's all sorts of things that are in our cultural consciousness that you're responsible for. Oh, now, culture, it's a very nice word, <laughs> culture, it is. It is. Is, is. is it made you go mad with power, which is what you sound a bit now? <laughs> are you drunk? No, I wish I were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, here in, I'm here in the south of France enjoying a holiday. You're in the south of France having a lovely yeah. holiday? yeah. Are you ever tempted, with the menagerie of glorious voices in your own mind, uh, tempted to perform a sort of audio-sexual circus where George, Zippy and Daleks all carry on and that and muck about? Oh, I do occasionally, but not tonight. <laughs> no. Uh, have you... Has anyone ever gone to you, oh, do Zippy, while, well, like, you know, in a, say, for example, a sex context or, like... In a safe, you know, if there was they, a robbery. They occasionally try, but they lose. But right, you never do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, they lose, they lose, they do indeed. I mean, there's all sorts of things going on about uh, Zippin. They said, do you, do you have a gay car? And I said, yes, I'm always gay. I'm ever so happy. And gay is being very happy. Being gay, you know, you, you go through it. All and it way. means homosexual as well in the modern lexicon, and as well it jolly well should on a, such a lovely gay pride type day. Now, uh, what can we have you say, please? We've got, like, there's a, someone wanted you to say quail's eggs as... 
Say what? Quail's eggs, you know, like quail, little bird, posh eggs. You want me to talk like a quail? I don't want you to talk like a quail. <laughs> I do not. I mean, oh, well, I actually, do now. yeah, do it. Yeah, go on. No, no, I talk like Zippy like a quail. I'm going to do eggs and I'll do anything Zippy will, yes, yeah. Uh, do you drink much, Ray? No. Uh, good. Because if, if, say, you went all mad and started doing that shouting <laughs> like that in the street, it would be berserk. I'd really like it. Well, of course, I do occasionally just to drive many people mad. So, here are some of the things we want you to do if you don't mind doing them. Uh, well, quickly, please. Yep. Could you say, I'd rather have a bowl of Cocoa Pops in Zippy's voice? I'd rather have a what? Bowl of Cocoa Pops. It's a popular breakfast cereal. I'd rather have a Cocoa Pops in the... I don't know what I'd like it in, but I quite like it. <laughs> 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 I like Zippy. He had an anarchic attitude, didn't he? He seemed, like, naughty. Did you? I'm never naughty, though. Zippy. Oh, this is a chance to talk to Zippy. Talk to me, man, Zippy. Zippy, you are really naughty! Why are you so naughty all the time? Now, if you're very naughty, I'll be going, I'm going to bed with it. (laughs) (laughs) Zippy, (laughs) do you like boys or girls, sex-wise? But I I, I like girls a lot. I like boys a lot as well, yeah. Do you? And I like dogs. You mucky little devil. Zippy, yeah. could you describe your genitals to us? Is it a zip? No, no, I couldn't listen. I've got to go now, Bye! Zippy! George! George! George. Hello, George! Is it... <laughs> <laughs> we drove you off. We were more childish than Zippy. With Zippy hung up on us. We've been hung up on by Zippy. We should... <laughs> The best bits. Russell Brand. You were in a cub, were you? Yeah, I was actually were for you? a couple of weeks. They were up to no good. There was something going on there. It's fishy. What do you want to be a cub leader for? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Why bother? No, it's all right. There's some nice activities. I don't like things where they make you dress up the same as everyone else and tie things up and set don't things on try fire. Try and make yourself look like a young Che Guevara. Hey. I didn't like it. I didn't like answering to the man. I didn't like the <laughs> hey. woggle. It was too tight around my neck. You know, I wanted to just hit the road. I set up my own cub camp <laughs> down by the river. Couple of couple of homeless guys. <laughs> We just used to sit around and play bongos most nights. <laughs> smoke a lot, smoke a lot of wacky. We had one of those metal, metal bins with a fire in it. it crazy times. <laughs> Rocky used to run by sometimes and would sing a cappella for a while. And I'd write some poems. That's guess that's why I got selected to do this Kerouac doc. <laughs> Probably drag Matt Morgan along for the ride. Not that he knows anything about Kerouac. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> you probably want to present a program called Kerouac a Day and do it with Timmy Mallet and try and make it all about. You love that little mallet. You mention it about five times a week, don't Mr. you? Mr. Mallet. They are. He's off. Mr. Mallet. That was, that was when Mallet's Mallet had seen better days, mate. That weren't even the Mallet. That was when Timmy Mallet's Mallet had all fallen apart and they just thought, give the Mallet a voice. <laughs> you said Mallet too many times. It doesn't mean anything. No! That mallet, was when Mallet, Mallet, Mallet fell apart. Then Mallet. <laughs> Ah, oh, we're wide awake. It's good to know you're ready. You're wide awake. So on your marks and get set, go. That used to inspire me of a morning, let me tell you. I well, used to spring from my bed. Rock and roll Timmy Mallet anyway, haven't you? So <laughs> it clearly inspired you. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, because that's the sort of thing that could stick. Let's not say that Rock anymore. Rock and roll Timmy Mallet. <laughs> <laughs> well, then your blood 
bloody Strachan then. You're Michaela Strachan. Good, she was sexy. <laughs> you do read too much Mel- into it. The best of bird is me and Mallet hang around sometimes. Actually, sometimes you are friends with Mallet, aren't you? <laughs> You've met him at Big Mouth. Big Brother's Big Mouth. You and Matt. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mallet, um, I've always respected you and in many ways based my career on you just with a different look. But I'd really hate it if the tabloids started calling me a rock and roll Timmy Mallet. <laughs> Osborne oh. Russell Brand has come out with his obsession with Timmy Mallet, 80s weirdo. Because <laughs> you have got a picture of Timmy Mallet over your bed, haven't you? <laughs> but, oh, no, no, sorry, I'm not going to mention that. It's <laughs> more of a ice sculpture, really. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's because I'm a beat poet, man. I just go with the flow. Bip-bop, bip-bop, ah, bip-bop, Kerouac bip-bop, was one Kerouac. of those. I've read a book. Yes, he was. No, you don't know nothing. You don't know nothing about Kerouac. Matt, when you nod, your cowboy hat oh, moves no, at a different speed to your head. It's like Lauren and He's ridiculous. Because, like, yeah... Plus, you look like Jim Morrison half hour before his final bath, scrubbing <laughs> and waiting for death. Well, what do you look like? Should nice. we get into that now? Yeah, baby, bring it on. If you want to describe my appearance, guy, go for it. Right, well, let's start from the booties. <laughs> I've got new rootin' tootin' boots on. What's wrong with my rootin' tootin' boots? Well, when I went Wild West, I got a proper hat, a decent shirt. I look like mm. a cowboy. We've been dre- me and Matt, me and Matt are dressing up as cowboys now because we're in America. <laughs> so we've got Russell's all cowboy clothes. Up more like an Avon lady. <laughs> oh, they're nice. They like little cowboy boots. I love those. <laughs> got a skull on. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> oh, a skull because you have one of those inside your head. Here, you've got a skull inside your head all your life. Isn't it amazing? There's a skeleton inside you. No wonder people are so evil. There's a skeleton <laughs> living inside you. Are you trying to change the subject from your boots? I love my boots, mate. Sandra. Matt thinks I should be called Sandra Proudfoot because I'm walking around all proud of my so boots. So proud of his boots. I love he puts my them boots. up on the dashboard. Oh, I love them. Come can't believe what I was like before I got these boots. God, to say, you know, I used to not have these boots. You know, and people before now who met me without the boots, they were meeting a kind of shadow version of me. <laughs> now I'm the ultimate realisation of me. And my rootin' tootin' goddamn booties. They've got skull and crossbones on them. And what's best of all is the lady in the shop. <laughs> I've got some new boots. You pinched me and then I scratched you back. <laughs> the lady in the shop, right, to take the booties off, she puts the boot and you, with your foot inside it, between her legs, clasps it between her thighs. Then you push her ass with your other foot to get the boot off. It's like a sexual experience. Like you sort of kick a woman away by her bum and a boot pops off like... I've done a booty. <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah, but you tried that boot on so many times. Yeah, it I was, was becoming embarrassing. I was like Mr. Ben in that shoe shop. <laughs> Give me another pair of boots and another pair of boots. But every time, no matter what boot I put on, it was always the same land. Pervert land. And here's your host, Russell. And that belt as well. What's wrong with my belt now? Looks like, I don't know, it's sort of Louis XV style thing. <laughs> if Louis XIV had put this belt on, they'd say, Sir, you're going to isolate yourself from the peasant population by wearing that. People are already getting rowdy. You might want to take that off. Oh, to hell with it. Let them have jam or cake or something. As long as they're fed, let's not worry about it. The best bits. Russell Brand. First time I saw you perform, I was struck. Uh, I don't perform. Oh, ah. Seals perform, unfortunately. Seals, what is it then? What is the verb that we use to describe what Um, you do as a job? Appear live. Well, first time I see you appear live, (laughs) I was struck by... 
I thought that you had oh, because like because my mem- I'm, I'm normally a corpse, of course. No, but do you, no, I thought that, oh, what I thought was that you'd be more slight and like sort of like fey. Yes, you're, I know. whereas you are quite sturdy and heroic. Um, well, yes. I mean, this is something I've been trying to tell the world for years and years because often people uh, mimic me. And it's this character that um, died many years ago, this very fey sort of um, um, person who was almost dead in the bath. <laughs> Why do you think people cling to that caricature? And un- because it was the it? first way that they were introduced to me, I think, and it just locks into people's brains, and people think that you can't, you're incapable of change. Does that feel restrictive? Yes, it really annoys me. It really annoys me. Because although I have a very poetic instinct, I'm not, um, I'm not permanently lying on the floor covered in... Uh, what's the word, Jennifer? Stop to put making <laughs> Jennifer do your interview. Jennifer is here. There is a lady called Jennifer here who it now seems has a job as to cater to Morrissey's innermost yes, thoughts. But she hasn't so far. Jennifer, frankly, you've been awful in this interview. <laughs> Morrissey, you've been a joy. You, Thank Jennifer, you. should be shot like a dog. <laughs> But as for you, of course, yes. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, you're taking the whole thing further and f- farther, not what? not as in paternal. No, no, no. But you realise that, don't you? What thing? What thing am I this taking further? This whole strange comedy thing and television thing and comedy th- peculiarity and idiosyncratic insanity. Um, I mean, it's this far, and now you're taking it that far. Really? Which is very, very good. I mean, you should be very pleased with yourself. Thank you very much. Are you? Yes, I am, actually. What I, one thing I learned from you was uh, that you oughtn't, like, if you admire somebody, you should, what you should, like, with you, I thought, what more, like, that I read somewhere about you, so this isn't an original thought, that you are a new archetype, whereas Eminem is another version of Elvis, and, you know, Oasis are really derived from the Beatles or the Rolling Stones, or however you would want to regard it, that you're a new archetype. And what that made me think is, you must be truthful to yourself and celebrate what you are, and then the mundane can become who Heroic. The seemingly weak can become heroic. What do you reckon about that for a bit of an analysis? I think you probably set up all night rehearsing that speech. I, thought, I never. I just said that straight you out never. of my brain. Well, that's very impressive. I didn't, Morrissey. I just said it. I've not had the opportunity to rehearse this. There's no point rehearsing an interview with you. You could just wander off at any moment. There's no point in assuming you'll do it. So you're not related to Joe Brand? I'm not related to Joe Brand. Um, how dare you? I'm sat here as dashing as I could possibly be, as seductive as I could be seated. Although Joe Brand is a lovely woman. She is fantastic. Very, very clever. I always, another thing, these are some things that I've always thought about. This is one thing I love. Um, that, uh, so when asked the question, I can't remember by what magazine, what is the best bit of advice you've ever been given? You responded, watch what you're doing with them effing flowers backstage at Top of the Pops from Paul Weller. Yes. I like that joke. Well, uh, uh, it was a joke. Yeah, I assumed yes. as much. This is it what is difficult so. with you. Uh, because <laughs> I, like all the cliche of you as, as, as some perpetual miserablist, mm-hmm. and no one, I think, who understands you as ever or understands your work has ever bought into because it seems to me you're dead funny all the time. Uh, uh, well, I think so. Yeah. I wake up, I look in the mirror and I just laugh hysterically. You giggle so your way I through the day. I can't stop giggling all day. Well, I think most people are very, very drab. And yeah. I think most people in music are really drab. And most songs are drab and nobody has any spark of originality or, or in individualism. Um, so uh, I'm not saying that I do, mm. but... Uh, well, I am, really. <laughs> <laughs>
Why do you think this is? Because this is a culture that r- represses those uh, oppresses. No, those I just think because most people are pretty boring anyway. They what? really are. Essentially, you think? Yes, I course. do. I think most people are, are pretty drab. Oh, Morrissey, don't you think there's a no. beauty at people's? No. Oh, Morrissey, I you think do. The, the human race is very, very, very overrated. Really? Yes. But if it were spectacular, wonderful beings, part divine, part animal, many of them are no longer with us, and uh, those who are with us, I've not met. Morrissey, what things are you going to... Those people that... <laughs> Oi, I'm one of them people. Uh, see, 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 you know how the head begins to swell? Oh, do you think I'm... Just one compliment and then it's... It's affected me. Your hair will be even larger next week. <laughs> Where is it left for me to go in terms of me barnet? Irish... When I was once in a treatment centre in America, locked up for a month for my own good, this, uh, th- it was good actually, because people used to talk about all very serious things to do with addiction and like their terrible lives and that, all in their, you know, as they, they were American people, so they spoke in an American fashion about their very much American problems. Some, of course, were universal, but it <clears throat> had a very sort of, um, sober atmosphere in there. People, oh man, I mean, these were difficult times and we really struggled. You know, sort of people, and like counsellors nodding earnestly, young counsellors that sort of looked like Thunderbird puppets. And one day, this fella, he'd, he was an ex-copper uh, and had been in Nation of Islam, right? He was a very serious and intense sort of a man, right? Yeah. In, in, in this, in this uh, treatment centre, you like you sit with a cuddly toy. Does each, Donald right? Duck so, come into this story? <laughs> you better believe it, baby, because this anecdote's got Donald Duck written all over it. <laughs> in a minute, Donald Duck's going to march right into this anecdote with an erection. He is not going to have an erection. He will not be aroused right <laughs> so like we all we all had to pick a different cuddly toy to have i had a camel and everyone called me london because i'm from london hey london hey london they'd say to me and i didn't like it because i thought i'm a complicated man you can't <laughs> reduce me to london and everyone that lives there all the different types of people that live in london well, glenn hoddle you know ken livingstone for heaven's sake eddie grant you know there's too much <laughs> variety uh, glenda jackson so, um, yeah, right, they, they, on this particular day, it was a very heavy mood, and we all had our different cuddly toys, and, like, this man was talking about sort of different things to do with abuse and drinking, and he was sort of crying, and everyone was nodding all earnestly, and everyone had their cuddly toys. And the cuddly toy I'd always liked, but never picked up, was this sort of polar bear with a kind of dunce's hat on and a waistcoat and sunglasses, and I'd always, like, liked the look of that, and I preferred it to the camel that I'd always had. And one day, that Nation of Islam bloke had that polar bear, and this other fella was sort of talking about, oh, the abuse, the drink, the horror, right? And uh, like he had that polar bear, sunglasses, a sort of dunces, a silver <laughs> dunces hat, and a waistcoat. And he was sort of like touching it a little bit, like absentmindedly, while listening to the abuse, the drink, the horror. And like so, he touched its paw, and it was one of them bears what sings the song. <laughs> Happy birthday! It's a party today. And it, like was sort of wiggling his head, and he had to like stuff it down the edge of the sea. And it was like it was doing it on purpose. <laughs> and it was still coming out all muffled. Everyone else just tried to carry on pretending that there weren't a polar bear going, It's a birthday celebration! <laughs> We're talking about the hell of alcohol and addiction. It was brilliant fun. <laughs> I did you for later. a moment think, Could everyone else hear that? Or am I finally gone? <laughs> oh! I think I've dipped over the edge. The camel's telling me to cuddle everyone. (laughs) Is it someone's birthday here? Because I've got an unusual (laughs) explosion in my mind. Russell Brand. You're listening to Russell Brand's Best Bits on BBC Radio 2. Hello there. 
Yeah, I can't hear you properly, sir. Oh, sorry about that. Um, can you can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, my name is uh, Russell Brand, calling from the BBC, BBC Radio 2, in fact. Uh, yeah, just a second, I'll pass the manager you talk with. Yeah, yeah, give us the manager, you know, I mean, I can't muck around here. We've not oh, got time. Sure speaking. Hello yeah. there. My name's Russell Brand, I'm calling from BBC Radio. Hello. BBC Radio, yes. That's right, I just wanted to say to you that um, I think you run a very fine curry house. Although I'm oh, sh- thank you. I'm sure there are other curry houses in the area that are good as well, but I'm just saying I like your one also. Um, and uh, um, I understand you have rather a, a special gentleman dining there this evening. Yes, Sir Jim, yes. Sir, is, Sir Jim is there, is he? He is, yes. What's your name, please, sir? I'm George. George? George Humphrey, H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y. Thanks, George Humphrey. Right, I've written that down. Now, if there's any nonsense, I've got all the details. You don't mind us calling you like this, do you, George? No, I don't mind at all. Thanks, George. You're a lovely fella. Now, I just wondered if you could, um, could you just say to Sir Jimmy, um, just like, sort of barge up to him while he's at barge, say, in the restaurant, bar- no, sorry, that's a rubbish joke. Right, perhaps you could just elbow your way up to him and go to him, uh, Sir Jimmy, Russell Brand's on the phone, uh, could, could he talk to you, please, if you're not too busy? Uh, who's on the telephone? I didn't catch the name. Uh, Russell Brand. I mean, it probably won't matter. I don't know if Jimmy Saville will have heard of me. He might have done, because he was on Big Brother last year, so he, he, he right. might have heard of me. Yeah, Russell Brand, Russell as Brand. in Marlon Brando. But imagine Marlon Brando a bit more feminine and with a different name. And what is it you want to speak to him about? Uh, just really about anything he likes. Uh, the charity work he does and uh, his, his dress sense and catchphrases. Oh, do you want to talk to him live on radio, do you? If he doesn't mind, I mean, you know, if he's right. not too busy. Um, right, I'll, I'll have a word with him, but... You know, if he says no, George, I'll quite understand. But will you come back and tell us he said no, and see, yeah, and tell us what, and, and ask him if he says no, will you tell, ask him for a message? But hopefully he'll say yes. Right there goes George Humphreys, the owner of the, a very fine curry house. Very and, uh, fine. I'd like to so, refer to him as a friend and potentially a lover. Now, if this don't work out with Jimmy. Uh, Saville. I shouldn't get Jimmy Saville and Jimmy Summerfield mixed up. Now then, now then, don't leave me this way. I can't survive, I can't stay alive. Oh, 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 oh God, he's coming. Yeah. Jimmy? Yes. So, Jimmy, this is Russell Brand. I'm sorry to interrupt your meal, but, um... You're not there... interrupting my meal, Russell, because to talk to a megastar like you is an honour and a pleasure. Well, sir, I could say the very same thing to you, and I shall. Thank you very much for coming to the phone. Where, where are you speaking from? I'm speaking to you from Hawaii, as a matter of fact. I'm doing Hawaii? my... Be- yeah, I'm away making... You've been on the television tonight. Uh, yeah, that's right, I was. That, they filmed... Um, I'm over here making a film for Universal Pictures, yeah. but I made a little show Hawaii for... Hawaii was on the, on the television tonight, and you're speaking to me from Hawaii. That's right. right. That's right, Jimmy. Have you been well? I, I miss you. Were you, were you you're going to start doing Jim Will Fix It again, aren't you? No, it finished last Thursday. I did 40 shows. Wow. It finished last Thursday, and I'm sitting here with a beautiful lady who can't believe that I'm talking to the one and only, uh, supposedly, Russell Brand. <laughs> I am Russell Brand, definitely. Hey, Jimmy, when, um, when I was a lad, I did write to um, Jim Will Fix It, and uh, I wanted to um, meet Pinocchio. Uh, it seems that this was <laughs> this request for some reason wasn't taken no, no, up. No, 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 Russell. Yes. What you didn't do was put in a stamped envelope. Oh. And I thought, what a cheapskate this Russell Brand is. What yeah. a cheapskate. <laughs> and uh, he didn't get it. You're quite right, Jimmy. I, re- I remember now. I just next was... time, next time, put a 
Stump's envelope in. Oh, I mean, I could just ask you now if you could. Are you going to be doing any more fixes for anyone? Uh, of course, I shall be doing fixes long after you're dead. <laughs> I, I believe that to be true. It'd be very nice to meet you one day, Mr Jimmy Savile, just, well, you know... if you've got a sister, you could meet me by bringing her along. I, I mean, I haven't got any sisters, I but... I don't usually meet fellas, but if you've got a sister, that's OK. I've got a personal assistant called Marsha, and part of her job description is that anyone I demand she um, greets, meets, massages, she has to do it. She's very attractive, Jimmy. Well, that's, that's, that's a good start. R what a kind good of... start, you could send her along to do some research. Would you like her to wear anything in, in particular, Sir Jimmy? I'd actually prefer her to wear nothing. Right, so you want Marsha, my assistant, to meet you naked. OK, well, that's, that's not going to be... that's not going to be a problem. Nothing Sh wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, Jimmy, it's just... The last time I spoke like this was the Father Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah, I never trusted those Father Christmases in Debenhams or other stores. They're available. Oh, I said stores instead of shops. I've been in America too long. I don't, I don't trust the Father Christmases you get these days, Jimmy. I think you... Perhaps you should be. Uh, I think you're... A, uh, I've always thought of you as a sort of a Father Christmas figure, you know, no, solving I problems. I drop-in wages. <laughs> Jimmy, it's it's been divine of you uh, to talk to me in this restaurant. Thank you very much. Um, I wonder, could um, would you pass on my best wishes to your beautiful dinner companion, and uh, perhaps you'd consider coming on the show again in the future? Who knows? I'm always available, and my beautiful dinner companion will have to remain secret because she is an outstanding beauty. Ooh. And as such, if you saw her you would lust after her. Particularly if I saw her with you, because that just heightens the sexuality of the situation. Thinking no, the no, no, I'm not into threesomes. <laughs> but, uh, Jimmy, it, there was a time when you were the defining voice of the uh, BBC, and perhaps... I still am. <laughs> you are now, you are tonight, but I you should be... Am. As well as passing down information, you should be passing along other things, people could argue. I've never passed anything in my life, I only take. <laughs> Jimmy Savile, thank you very much for your call. Hey, Jimmy, could we... Honour and a pleasure, and in the words of Omar Khayyam... Oh! <laughs> 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 Woohoo! Jimmy Savile there! My word, what a moment for us all. Oh, we've got someone on the phone. Let's talk to this human being. We can offer them a help in an item we like to call Cry for Help. It's Lionel. Hello, Lionel. Are you there? Hello, yes, I'm here. Lionel, you immediately, I can tell, you require help. Now, what's up? Well, I work in an office. Oh, and they do terrible that business. Santa thing. Ah, Secret Santa. Secret Santa. <coughs> yeah, you got to spend a tenner right. on someone for Christmas. Right. And you pull your name out and a hat. Yeah. And then. You've got to buy them a present for a tenner. Yeah. So that was all well and good. <laughs> and then Already it's confusing for me. <laughs> who's, who'd you get? Others. Who'd you get out of the hat? Well, I've got Pat. Oh, no, God, not Pat, Pat. that oh, greedy, God. selfish bitch. <laughs> She'll never be happy. She'll never be happy because she's not happy on the inside. That's she's why. You could not please Pat. What's Pat? happened? She threw in the bin. She threw she's... your present in the bin. Pat. What, in front of you? No, I found it in the bin. Oh, oh that's worse. Oh, that's worse. Lionel, why were you looking in the bin? <laughs> For scraps. Uh, For scraps in peace. An IT thing, that's what I do. What, sorry, mate? It's an IT. I'm, an, I'm the IT manager. So what You're out of your bin? depth, Lionel. <laughs> Scooting around the bins. Yeah. Well, what did you give her? Well, what? it's a book. What was the book? It's, uh, do you want to read the title? I've yes. got it. I've got it. I've got, got it, it back from the You bin. picked it out of the bin. Well, good, because we'll give it to someone more grateful than this Well, yeah, I'll read it out. You can designate a recipient. All right. Brilliant. <laughs> I like you, the way you talk, mate. <laughs> 
designate a recipient. Right up your Eris. This is the title. Right, go on, mate. How animals have sex. Right, now I'm beginning to see the problem here, Lionel. What you've done is you've offended Pat by offering a bit of animal pornography as a Christmas gift. It says, from panda porn to snail love darts, a guide to the reproductive habits of creatures great and small. And that woman found issue with that. What kind of society are we living in? I inside it. Merry Christmas. Good, because it was Christmas. As a party game, you could match them up to quest employees. Right. What right. do you mean? What go? You're like a panda. You're like an elephant. Yeah, like a little Dave in accounts is like I an had alligator. An idea there, I thought. And uh, well, it's been rebuffed, hasn't it, Lionel? It must hurt. Anyway, I confronted him about it. I said, <coughs> "Do you like your present?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then what happened? Disgusting. She said it was disgusting. And she thought as she was retiring this year, I'd gone to more effort and bought something like a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen, why don't you... I, I, I wouldn't have bought a scarf. No, go, she doesn't deserve a scarf, Lionel. You reached out the hand of friendship, although in that hand was filthy yeah. animal porn, and she is ungratefully tossed into a bin. This reminds me of the opening sequence of the cartoon Super Ted. Now, if you leave your details with uh, Claire Jones, the Easter Island statue of cold indifference, she will then get that bloody woman and will ring her up and confront her about her ingratitude live on air. Maybe she read the book. And then put it in the bin. Maybe she... I don't think she has, because I was looking for it. I don't know if the pages have been touched. You're a bloody good <laughs> sleuth, you are. What are you looking for? He's a super sleuth, he's a super sleuth, he's on the case. So they were... Oh, yeah, what did you expect to find in there? I don't know, well... A bit of lipstick or something. A page turned, corner turned over. Or <laughs> oh, I must like, remember how alligators fiddle. <laughs> what what did you get? It's got good bits in it, it's got a little... Mock conversation between King Kong and Fay Ray. What? No one like that. Oh, what come kind on, of this woman is, gold. is Pat? She doesn't even want. Oh, it's like mock conversation between Fay Ray and a Kong. Scarf compared to that. Who wants a scarf? I'd use uh, that scarf to hang you, myself uh, rather than give up that little, gift. Um, little... You're alright, Lionel. Did you write this Pending. book, Lionel? <laughs> <laughs> Has this been published? <laughs> is this book written on your inner thighs? <laughs> <laughs> Is it being written in your leg with a compass? <laughs> Lionel? My, um, Don't die cousin. while we're on the phone, you Lionel! Here you yeah, we're here, there. mate, we're yeah. here. My cousin phoned you before Christmas. I like how and, you... Um, oh, that cab driver. Was it Mick? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what he's done? Go on. He made, he, he, he made a CD out of that conversation. Did he? he? gave it to his family as a present. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like, you're an enterprising family of loonies, as far as I can gather. And what's really odd about it, he didn't even know who he was. Where are you? He turned up at my house Christmas morning <laughs> with um, a DVD, yeah. uh, your live stage thingy or whatever. Very that, good DVD. Um, stepped out of Bolton, yeah. asking if he could use my telly to watch it, because yeah. he ain't got a telly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Lionel, we're going to have to let you go now, because, you know, we'll, you might become a regular character on this show if we can get you to wear a straw hat or something. So I think what you should do now is uh, leave your details. We're going to get in touch with Pat. We'll resolve yeah, this problem. Yeah, well, the thing is the help thing. I don't want to buy something else. I ain't going to buy a scarf. I never bought one. I'm not going to start now. Don't start buying scarves now. It'll get out of control yeah, for you, now. Yeah, of course it is. You'll be buying Lionel, scarves a day. What, what? Ideas. Hold ideas. on, Matt wants to ask a question. Don't worry about Pat's retirement. We're going to cross with you with this one step at a time, Lionel. What, what gift did you receive, Lionel? 
I've got quite a nice thing, actually. Go on. I always do say, I've got a little uh, Jack Daniels thing. Little Jack Daniels, <laughs> other whiskies are available. Yeah. Right, Lionel, you leave your details with the uh, BBC Radio 2 person that is Claire Jones, and then we'll get in touch with you. And I wouldn't mind getting in touch with Pat. Have you got her number? No, I'll get it, though. I'll text it to you next week. Get it now. I can't get it now. I'm not at work, am I? I'm Crash her door in. I IT people, so I to work night and day. <laughs> Are you at work now? No, I'm on my way home. Go back, rifle through her desk. No, she won't be nothing in there. <laughs> you don't know what's in people's desks. Oh, I'll go through them. <laughs> oh, Lionel. Oh, Here's another interesting email. I'll tell you why it's interesting, because it's to do with old Russ. Tracy admits crush on Russell oh, Brand. What? Yeah. How dare you? You he selfish... You bring me in here and you talk about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's it like being in Little Britain? What's the inspiration behind all your characters? What's your favourite character? That's the question. Well, why don't you do the hotel guy anymore? Someone yeah, else, someone yeah. wants to know that. Why don't you do that hotel bloke anymore? Oh, well, we just... Uh, we did it in the live show, but we just sort of ran out of ideas, really, and so... We just couldn't think of any more funny sketches. Simple as that. Couldn't think of any. And also, more. To, you have to kill off some characters to make room Wave for new, new ones. ones. Kill your babies. Could we talk about me again now? Okay, we're back to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, we we went off for you for about ten seconds. It, it there. did get a bit boring though. I think we all felt that the mood dropped there for a while. While we were going all about oh, Williams's catalogue of characters. Ah, America, eh? Oh, it makes you think, doesn't it? Us back in America. What are the highlights for you, Matt, of our glorious <laughs> trip round the US of States? Well, when I got home, mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. was strange was there wasn't a little phone call, because every time I checked into a hotel, <laughs> put my stuff down, about two minutes after I came in, Ring, ring. <laughs> Hello? Matt, Matt, right, I've got Girls Gone Wild, Girls Gone Wild Blonde, I've got Girls Gone Wild Sexy Special. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Is there a gym here? <laughs> I don't know, but listen. <laughs> what time's breakfast? <laughs> I don't know, but Girls Gone Wild is a good selection. Go, well, first of it's all, all right. Right, go, look, go to go, Shock oh, TV. Go, look at porn, look at porn, but don't go to adult, go to Shock TV. Go to Shock TV, the adult section, that's very linear, basic go, well, Hang on, it's just got how it's done. Look Past Howard Stern. Don't get caught up with Howard Stern. He's a very great broadcaster. But also, I'm tired. No. I've just driven eight hours. I want to go to bed. Look, this is important. These girls are really wild. I want to watch it with you and then discuss it. <laughs> Look how wild that girl's gone. She's gone so wild. She's literally feral. She's got no respect for society's conventions. Girls Gone Wild, Matt, in my mind, is some of the greatest... It changed your life. See, yes, very much. It's the mo it's since the dogma movement from the, uh, Scandinavia, it's the most important cinematic movement in my mind because I've what I like is normal pornography you put the pornography on you know there's going to be sex because it's bow 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 and everyone oh hello I'm a plumber yeah, yeah. yeah the context is about the inevitability of sex geez mime in a slide guitar as played by Vic Chestnut what what makes me I don't like that kind of pornography because it's obvious that something's going to happen but with Girls Gone Wild they're just at a nightclub and they're filming stuff and you sort of and it's, it creates the experience of seduction because you see the girls dancing then they go to that little truck it's place Pre-planned. Then, well, maybe it is, but nonetheless, it's very well produced. I cannot praise what do girls' you do? Dance around enough. your room, pretend you're there. <laughs> yeah, I dress Crack up. Crack open the mini bar and <laughs> drink the mixers. I spray myself with Aramis. Right, get on the Hello, cowboy hi. Where are you from? Yeah. Great Florida. Okay. <laughs> you've gone. What's that? You've gone wild. You say. Fast forward to the 
bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. Oh, yeah, forget the montage. I'm not interested in the booby montage. Let's get to the bit. I mean, admittedly, it's disgusting exploitation of women. Let's like put that, you know, let's put morality to one side as we do normally nine but o'clock on may- Saturday. <laughs> But at least you were in your room watching previously done exploitation of women instead of going out into various cities across America. <laughs> I created my own unique Girls Gone Wild <laughs> experience. Beep, beep. Hello there, I'm Mr. Toad from England. Would you like to go wild? Yeah, that's right. As long as I'm safely caged watching pre-made Girls Gone Wild. I mean, it is wrong. It's, it's abominable. And after the revolution, there will be no porn. I will spiritually elevate myself it's to porn the point... Porn can be okay. Can it, mate? I think it's wrong. I think it's the wrong thing to focus on. Some I think, women you know, enjoy watching porn. Yeah, well, that don't mean it's right. Some women enjoy chopping off animals' heads. Probably. That don't make it right. Why are you saying chopping off animals' heads? Because as a younger man, Matt, <laughs> I used to amuse myself endlessly. Horses are ever so arrogant, aren't they? <laughs> they stand there up on their big chopstick legs breathing only nasally <laughs> and sometimes featuring on public enemy hits <laughs> don't believe the hype <laughs> so uh yeah that's a nice back reference to our belief that don't believe the hype is punctuated by the noise of a a ghost or b a horse um so yeah oh the one of the best bits of the uh, girls gone wild experience not discussing it from pornography as we've said pornography is probably spiritually wrong but what about that bit matt where we were in a hotel i believe in ohio columbus right and we got to the hotel and there wasn't like you had to ask to get the movies put on all movies be it like you know sort of films like um what's that one not ratatouille up. or ratatouille a film where a, a rat, rat makes, makes it, it as, as a chef. chef imagine that how's a rat gonna make it as a chef Woo! the best bits russell brand yeah, I was just talking to these girls, and I thought, like, I thought, mm, I wonder if I can chat that girl up. Then I thought, probably no, I can't. So I thought, what I'll do then is I'll go. Look, I can't sleep, so I'm probably gonna. Yeah, I said in an innocent way while chatting to the girl this in the hotel. No, listen, this it. is not. This is mind manipulation. Paul McKenna couldn't do any better, right? I realised. I thought, right, hold on, I'm gonna go upstairs now, and I haven't got the movies on my TV, but I don't want to phone down and ask girls I've already been chatting to if they'll put pornography on my TV. So I goes, oh, oh, I got such jet lag, I can't sleep. I don't know how I'm gonna sleep tonight. All this jet lag, girl in reception. Uh, what can I do when I get to the room? And she said, well, well I guess you could watch some movies. Yes, I said. Oh, no, that you've get cut out movies. the bit where you went, well, I'm so tired, I could I ever go for a walk? Or, pff, I don't know, watch a movie or something. <laughs> go for a walk. I could just wander the streets, I suppose. In this industrial state in which we live. <laughs> I could look at the industry, I suppose. I could be like a Steinbeck character looking for work, an itinerant worker man with my idiot big if lumbering mate. Ever anyone goes, I might go just go for a walk. Yeah, they're, what do you they're think? up to something. No I'm one just go goes for a, a walk. walk. And if they do, they just go and do it. They go say, I'm just going to go for a walk. Peter Sutcliffe would nightly tell his wife that he was going for a walk. And if you're calling Peter Sutcliffe the Yorkshire... Oh, right, yeah, no, I suppose, yeah, retrospectively, he was out of order, that guy. So, yeah, so Russell's done all this, right? Then I'm... I went upstairs, right? I goes, oh, yeah, so... And I goes, maybe put movies on my... T-. And they go, oh, OK. And then I went upstairs and goes, yeah, actually, I'm not going to go for a walk now, um, Deborah, girl behind reception. So do put movies on, right? So, like, then I turned off my TV. TV set while they did it, they put on movies, but they just put on stupid movies like Ratatouille and Knocked Up, which is a good film, by the way. They just put on those sort of movies, not Girls Gone Wild style movies. So then what did you have to do? Ring Uncle Matt! 
Because <laughs> I, I had said to him, I'll put, I goes, put movies on my TV. And, oh, and I goes, you might as well put movies on my mate's TV as well, right? Because he likes to watch the same porno movie <laughs> and then talk about it afterwards. <laughs> Some weird discussion group. <laughs> okay, everyone, sit down. Um, hope you've bought your notes. Now, we were watching Best of Breast Girls Gone Wild series. Now, I particularly enjoyed Mindy. Now, I thought she was a confident girl, and I liked the way when she... Loved her relationship with camera. Brilliant. Scene she... two in the bathroom. She used the camera beautifully. It's like she was born to it. The bathroom scene was excellent, Judy. Well done. Well done, Mark. I can see you've got some interesting illustrations you've made there. Let's so, show those to the group. So yeah. he phones me up and says, what did you say? I goes, Matt, Matt, they've, all, they've just put bloody normal oh, movies I, I on. I need adult movies. They put normal movies on. Phone down and say that you want... Have you got adult movies? No, I did have, I think. No, you at that stage... Oh, I had normal movies. And yeah. You went, phone down and say you want adult movies and then just say, oh... For a laugh, can you give them to my mate as well? And then he did do that, and then they put adult movies on. I didn't on. care. They you didn't work didn't in a care, hotel. You filthy pervert! Right then, they put then they put movies just on his TV. I had adult movies then, and, and not mine. Was, I'll, they come, gave I'll come to your room. <laughs> <laughs> give me twenty minutes. I'd be right down. I said no, no, and he goes, "Well, phone down." So then I had to phone down and go. Um, you know I asked for adult movies and on my mates for a laugh as well. He hasn't got his, and I said, he really wants them. You didn't, you dirty, stinking, wretched pig. He's been after them all night, I don't know if you've noticed. Oh, right, yeah, he was saying, yeah, he was being pretty weird downstairs. <laughs> they didn't say that, they loved me down there. They didn't. They think I'm the new Hugh Grant! They meet men like you every night who are too embarrassed Oh, to I'm probably going to go for a walk or sit up in my room indulging in an act of onanism. Don't know which yet, don't know if I'm going to strum loads I, I, I love all these movies. It's, it's a shame that I've seen Ratatouille, I've, I've seen Knocked Up. Seen them. Is there any other movies you've any, got? Oh, yeah, no, actually, yeah, this, uh, there's uh, 300. It's the tale of the Spartans. No, I've seen that. Yeah, seen that, seen that. Oh, you said you watched Ratatouille. What's your favourite scene? Uh, the scene where a, a rat, rat makes it a chef. a chef. He becomes a chef against all odds. I'm bored of it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like seeing a rat make it as a chef as much as the next man, but I can only watch it 10 or 11 times, for God's sake. Have you got anything, you know, like Ratatouille, but instead of a rat making it as a chef, a Girl, going sort of wild. Have you got anything like that? She, she sort of makes it as a slut. Because of her low self-esteem, she's sort of propelled forward into making it as a girl with some boobs out. We've got some things like that, sir. Put them on my telly. I'm an animal. <laughs> then phone him up after and apologise. I've just done something so terrible. Take all the films off. Take them off. I don't deserve pornography. Ten minutes later. Hello. Um, look, I've said some foolish things. This evening, could you put girls gone wild? I back? think I saw someone I recognised in that film. I'd love <laughs> the chance to watch it again or something like it. Sorry, yeah, yeah, she's probably in the background of all of them. Anyway, it's to do with a case that I'm working on. I'm a detective, didn't I mention it? Anyway, put them back on. Thank you. Miranda says, because you want to, you probably want to hear more about dolphins. We do. I don't. I'm bored of them. Disgusting. <laughs> Are you disgusted? Well, wait till you hear this. Some dolphins got married to a woman. <laughs> Listen to this. A woman got married to a dolphin, although not entirely legal. <laughs> not entirely. It was a dolphin and a person. The ceremony was performed to cement the unspoken union between the unconventional lovers. It would have to be unspoken because the dolphin can only say things like... <laughs> 
and then it just, you know, they can't talk proper words like we can. Perhaps there is some kind of human alluring sonar dolphin emit that most of us are yet to tap into. Oh, that's a nice sentence. Or perhaps we should not try to stand in the way of true love with our moral codes and ethics and the frowning upon bestiality in that. You can find the story yourself if you want to, and it's got an address that's confusing. I like your radio show, and I really want you to do that ice cream van thing. All right, well, we will. Oh, okay, that person was from Australia, from Perth. All right, so people are marrying dolphins now. This is bonkers. Now, but there's not... Oh, yeah, look, there's the story. Sharon Tendler met Cindy, and she's it's even a woman dolphin, met Cindy 15 years ago. She said it was love at first sight. This week, she finally took the plunge and proposed. The lucky guy plunged right back. In a modest what? ceremony <laughs> at Dolphin Reef, in the <laughs> southern... <laughs> that's convenient. Place to marry a dolphin. In the southern Israeli port of Eliat, Tendler, a 41-year-old British citizen became the first person to marry a dolphin. Dressed in a white dress, a veil, pink flowers in her hair, Tendler a dolphin. Got... <laughs> looked quite a sight. Uh, Tendler got down on one knee in the dock and gave Cindy a kiss and a piece of herring. If that's no way to start a marriage, is it? <laughs> Having to do the herring and kiss at the same time, the kisses uh. would taste awful. It's not a perverted thing. I do love this dolphin. He's the love of my life, she said on Saturday upon her return to London. Hmm, interesting. Is he in the wild? He's yeah. just loose. I bet it's just in her bath and she's <laughs> keep tipping water over it. <laughs> yeah, cuddling him all up, making him wear football socks. Sendler, who says she imports clothes and most rock bands, I like it, says, <laughs> says she does because I don't trust anything. <laughs> Once you've married a dolphin, it's very difficult for us to trust you. I import clothes. Whee! Anyone want a jacket? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Clothes, anyone? Because I've just imported a bunch. I've some grass skirts. Just <laughs> <laughs> import clothes. <laughs> There's clothes here already. No, perhaps all clothes are imported. We don't know. Industry's in a terrible state. And what state. else does she do? Uh, marries dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> she, she promotes rock bands. Hey, why not try a rock band? Not official. They're ace. <laughs> I saw one the other day. They had guitars. Uh, she's visited Israel several times a year since first meeting a dolphin. When asked in the past if she had a boyfriend, she would always reply, "No, I'm going to end up with Cindy." A lot of people didn't know that Cindy, Cindy was a dolphin. A a Cindy's woman. a funny name for a man dolphin. Yeah, he's Israeli. I bet he don't know he's called that. So people say, have you got a boyfriend? And she goes, yeah, she Cindy. taps her nose and goes, yeah. Yeah, I have. He's lovely. He's, Who is it? Where is he? Oh, he's at sea at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> she talks to him a couple of times a week. You have to listen to him carefully. When asked if you had blah, 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 she, she, uh, while she acknowledged the wedding, in inverted commas, had no legal bearing, she did say it reflected her deep feelings towards the bottlenose 35-year-old object of her affection. Bottlenose. Sounded like an insult. Do I know how old it is? It's interesting. It must be in captivity. It's it's not a bad thing, it's just something we did because I love him, but not in the way you love a man. It's pure love that I have for this animal. How does she love men? Dirty cow. <laughs> <laughs> while she still kept option while she still kept open the option of marrying a human at some stage, she said for now she was strictly a one dolphin woman. Oh poor Cindy, it doesn't even get commitment. Is, what that it's marriage was a sham. <laughs> yeah, okay, Cindy, well, I'll stay with you for a while, but I've got one eye on the old human world <laughs> in case a human gullible enough to marry me. Turns up, yeah, poor Cindy. Also, she said, for now, she's a one dolphin woman. She's not ruling out the possibility she other might meet dolphin. another dolphin. Gosh, she'll stop at nothing. Hang on, how's uh, with her dolphin? Who, is there a minister involved in this? Was there a religious we'll get to the thing? Bottom of this. She's hardly the jealous type, though. He will still play with all the other girls. She said of their prenuptial agreement. I hope he has lots of baby dolphins with the other dolphins. The more dolphins, the better. More for her to marry the loony. Oh.
This is about the, the plight of the red squirrel, and we have got a defender of its cause whose name is... His name's Robin Page, right? And what's amazing about that is I'm reading his... The red squirrel. His... Must be gay. Of course he's gay. Of course he's gay, man. He only likes gay squirrels. We've got to the bottom of it. Already, we know that Robin Page, whose name is written down on a page, that is the sound of the page, yeah? Oh, Robin. Robin, you lovable rogue. <laughs> you scallywaggy tinker. Robin. Robin. E. Robin Page thinks that the grey squirrel should be driven from these shores, because, uh, to tell you the absolute truth, they're not even meant to be here, the grey squirrels. No. They're, we've bought over here, I believe, They haven't got anything sort of... in the way of passports. Nothing. They've got no visas. I've checked their admin, Noel. Not, like, some of them are ignored me. <laughs> Honestly, it was absolutely the most disgusting sight. And they, they are working. I've seen the Arvis Crunch advert. <laughs> <laughs> don't feel we but don't they're doing know. that for nothing. Yeah. They ain't mugs. They're paying tax on that. Of course they're not. They're filling their own coffers. <laughs> they keep it in their cheeks. They put it in a tree. Exactly. They save it for winter. They're oh. not paying any tax on he that might have Harvest a point. Crunch. Hmm? He might have a point. Well, let's hear him out. Perhaps Robin Page is there. Robin Page, are you there? I am, I am. I wish all grey squirrels were gay, then they would die out. Whoa, steady! Steady, Robin Page! That oh. sounds homophobic and racist all at once, only if it's no, against no, gay no, squirrels. No, that's just a, a, a straightforward uh, biological fact. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. I stand corrected. He's yeah. speaking in nothing but biological <laughs> He's facts. He's a scientist Absolutely. as well as a squirrel hater. Robin, yeah. Robin, what, is that your normal voice? Of course it is. What's your normal voice? It's a bit more like this. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. No, Gallagher. Hello, mate. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a disappointed deputy headmaster. Yeah, well, I'm right in the middle of breakfast. Ah, oh, sorry. How's that baby coming on? Fabulous. He's had the midwife round today. Has he? Yeah. She's a bit bloody late and she's already been born. <laughs> yeah, it's not, this, is, this is the second time she's been. Oh, she comes around for a bit of aftercare, does she? She comes around for tea and biscuits, yeah. Is he no, right? He's, he's, he's thriving, apparently. Oh, good. I'm yeah. glad to hear it. I mm. can't imagine you producing anything other than lovely babies out of your glorious Noel Gallagher willy. Well... <laughs> <laughs> this is great news. Now, we all had a little listen to your record. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Jury's out on that one. Oh. If you like it, I would have thought that's probably the kiss of death. <laughs> How dare you? My opinion is very much a trendsetter. That's why if you look at men in makeup with cowboy boots like in my music. Look uh, out I your window. I don't, whether, I don't know whether that's what I was thinking of when I wrote that. If you look out <laughs> of your stinking window of your ivory tower, I'm looking at it now. You'll probably see everyone's wearing cowboy boots. All right, <laughs> so get off your eye horse. And look at the world, mate, and start <laughs> writing some records about me, for God's sakes. Quick, smart, because I'm the future, baby. Now... You're what? You're the future? Yeah, I'm the future. I'm pretty and much I'm, the future. You're very, very, very much part of the jaded present. <laughs> <laughs> you the future see... is just around the corner. There'll be somebody with more makeup and bigger hair and more stupidly tight trousers just around the corner. I'd like to see him try because I've had to wear my balls inside my body <laughs> so I can get these trousers on. So I don't know how they're going to do it. I'd like to see them. Well, they'll do it. They won't do it because think about it, right? If there's someone as with as big hair, will they be as funny? And if they're as big-haired and funny, will they be as clever? And if they're as big-haired, funny and clever, will they be as ambitious? And if they're as big-haired, funny, clever and as ambitious, will they work so hard? And if they're so big-haired, clever, funny, ambitious and hard-working, will they be so ruthless? They, you'll never find another Russell Brand. I'm the one, the only. You can't take that away from me, as Chesney York said, well, you before the moles got in. Deviant, anyway, <laughs> no, you won't. Mm. Now, why is your brother, Liam Gallagher, stood on the front of some mag 
magazine looking like a little Japanese bag of dust. <laughs> <laughs> a bag of dust. He looks. Matt said he looks like he's, he's all airbrushed, covered in dust, and looking up. Ah, all yeah, vulnerable. Yeah, but the whole magazine's airbrushed that front. No, it looks too. weird. Yeah, well, he does look strange. Well, no, actually, that's how he looks these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dusty. Why has he gone dusty? I don't know, you'd have to ask him. <laughs> well, we'll ask him. Give us his number. But the thing is, with him, is that you can't rely on him not to say something mad on the radio, can No, you? but he doesn't, he doesn't have a mobile phone anyway, so he's, he's actually un, he's un, he's uncontactable. He's, why did he, he doesn't have a mobile phone? I, th I think he loved it in the Thames. Really? What, is a protest? Like the Beatles throwing their MBEs? No, because loads of people were phoning him and he was out, he was, he was out drinking and, you know, nothing comes between him and the booze. Right. And, uh, that was it, that's a and, This um, phone's coming to between me and the booze, get in that river! <laughs> <laughs> that's the, what a but brilliant bit of decision making. I think you can only get in touch with him through his missus. Right, okay. Hey, oh God, I've got something really important to ask you. You know that story I tell about when I met Liam backstage at the Brits oh, with yes. his wife yeah. and that he said that yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, which you'll have to... That's the funniest bit of your, new, of your new show. Which is a funny show throughout, out on DVD very soon. <laughs> we recorded them at Hackney Empire just the other day. Oh, did you get... Oh, did you put a cardboard cut out of me in the seat, did you? Yeah, where were you? <laughs> where? Uh, I was with Jonathan Ross. You was, at Jonathan, you was with Jonathan Ross? Yeah, because we both said we might come. That stinking, you stinking pair of we traitors. Both met, we both met up in a pub and were slagging you off. <laughs> <laughs> That's my worst nightmare. Yeah. People not coming to my gig and instead of meeting he up. Got, he's a proper idiot, isn't he? <laughs> I he's a total idiot. <laughs> well done. Look how professional he's on radio now. He's really yeah. good. He's really come on since we've been working with you. <laughs> we've really groomed you into something approaching an acceptable broadcaster. Now, in your absence, what I did is I popped down London Zoo. I got the stupidest, ugliest orangutan I had. <laughs> put a Beatles wig on it. Give it a guitar and said, don't bother to learn more than three chords. Just sat that there. And it pretty much done the job now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Save some money on cardboard. Did it look like you playing that mandolin in that advert? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good bit of mandolin playing by old Russ. I'm a I damn think, I've champion. I've got to say, it's when we, f we sat down, and it kept, obviously you didn't tell us you were doing it, and the first time it comes on, it's really funny, but after you've seen it three times, you just think, knob, get off, <laughs> <laughs> I can't help that. Loot. <laughs> some gay sting. Go on, <laughs> do one. Get in that lift. Okay. Get down to your seedy basement wherever you're going. Now, um, yeah, look, I'm worried about, because we're worried about, I'm worried about, having it on the DVD, a thing with Liam saying something mad about another member of All Saints. Do you think that Liam will react violently? Because I did mention it to him that time at Abbey Road, and he sort of went, oh, all right, you know, and he seemed, he seemed vaguely belligerent. Do you think he'll mind if I put it in? Well, that can I, and I'll be brutally honest about this, Russell. Yeah. The circles we move in, you're not even remotely, in, you're, not, you're not remotely interesting to anybody. I suppose not. Now I'm in Hollywood, moved above the old people well, that can't precisely. make it in America. I reckon you could put whatever you want on that DVD. The old no not breaking America it. folks. Nobody's going to see it apart from a of old swats in Dagenham going, going, Russell really, and he's really clever the way he just, he weaves, he weaves words into sentences that you don't think it's going to be funny. Not just and Dagenham. But Detroit and Denver and other places in a little old country we call America. You put what you want on that TV. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I wanted. It was an it endorsement. It won't cause a ripple in Buckinghamshire. <laughs> <laughs> the best bits. Russell Brand.
Blackpool. I'm here with the mayor of Blackpool. Hello, sir. Hi, Russell. How are you doing? I'm ever so well. I've never met a mayor before, and I must say, you look like a joyful man. I've never met a Russell Brand before, and you look like a joyful man too, mate, I'll tell you. We're a couple of joyful fellas together, <laughs> aren't we? You suit Blackpool very much. I love it here, mate. It's a beautiful place. I like, firstly, I'll describe for our listeners your attire. Well, in fact, will you do that, Mr. Mayor? <laughs> well, I've just arrived at a vintage Honda Goldwing, part of the, like, a 500 Honda Goldwing parade down the prom, and we're checking out for a new mayoral car. We, you know, we think, think it'd be more appropriate. You might, then, be a, a mayor that travels around on a motorbike. Well, I think that'd be a great idea. You're I mean, an it, eccentric it could, mayor. Well, I mean, what a small carbon footprint and how quickly you'll get to your venues. You're a, an ecologically responsible <laughs> mayor. Now, we're trying to overthrow the government and start a revolution. You're the very kind of public administrator that we're crying out for for our administration. Will you abandon conventional democracy to join our sexy new wave of politics? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, you yeah, delightful man. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. I like you wearing a beautiful tangerine jacket. And thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you. I appreciate your love. Some people are hollering. I, I, I like your mayoral chains. Now, these mayoral chains, are, they'd be kind of suitable on you, wouldn't they, Russell? I mean, yeah. there's a massive bit of bling, isn't it? I'd love to try that on. 120 years old. Do you not think that the guys 120 years had more taste than we've got now? Of course they do. Right them, them guys in the olden days had a lot more style. You look like a sort of public official, Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> Could I try on your mayoral chain if no. I promised to wear it with dignity and pride. No, you can't because it's, it's attached to the jacket, it's believe it or not. It's attached to your tangerine jacket. <laughs> it so doesn't blow off as I drove down my beautiful whole <laughs> hundred I hope you behave in the same fashion, sir. <laughs> now, I, I think it's like undermines that mayoral trade to have it attached to a, a tangerine jacket. Not at all. Tangerine's Blackpool's colours. Do you not know that? Oh, yeah, I suppose it's the football team. Yeah, of course, Ta I do know Tangerine's that. famous in this town and we're famous for not being beige. As Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen said, Blackpool is not a beige town. No, it's not because it's vivid and lurid yeah, and alive. Absolutely. and sexy yeah. and fast-paced. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. people here have that same energy, and you're a perfect mayor because I've never met a sexier man. <laughs> we had Joey Blower here a minute ago. He had got some sexual energy and a lovely Joey's an amazing fella, isn't that he? That was a kindly, I must yeah, say. Yeah, I really yeah, liked yeah, him. Yeah. So, is it when you were made mayor, did they go, here are your mayoral chains and your tangerine jacket? Wear them with dignity. I'm, I'm, actually, I've got the tangerine jacket myself, but I will pass it on to future mayors if, they'll, if they'll, they'll wear it. I think that it will take on the same stately significance and you'll become sort of a, a tango mayor. <laughs> People will have that sort of... It, it now has become representative of huge power. I can be very dignified when the occasion calls for it. Oh, you, you seem dignified now, Mr Mayor. Now, we've got some questions we need to ask you about... like Because earlier on, when you didn't come on the show, I'm afraid we went mad and we were very rude about you. Oh. We said that you was corrupt and that you had used all the Blackpool's money to set up a Gold Kingdom people by hermaphrodites. How did you know? <laughs> did Joey, did Joey Blower tell you? Joey Blower, Joey Whistleblower is what he is. That's unbelievable. It turned out that he brought us the truth. <laughs> I told him not to say that to anybody. We've had our own Watergate here tonight. It's been absolutely fascinating. I have um, let the people of Blackpool down. You ain't. You're a glorious mayor. Uh, it's, I'm nearly sometimes drifting into kissing you. If it were, Kiss him. If it weren't for the visor on, and your crash helmet, me and you would be... <laughs> Locked into a limpid snog. It's a whole new world for me, this world of showbiz. It's alright, isn't it? Hey, tell us what you can do as mayor. Could you pass a law or something? And I can parade sheep down Talbot Square without uh, without risk of her uh, being stopped. Can we get some then? Because what? Why are we sat here like mugs with f all sheep being paraded down Talbot Square when we could be doing it? 
If I'd known sooner, I would have arranged it for you. I wish we could get some. Is there, what else can we do? Is there any other powers that you've got? Well, I can, I can obviously exclude certain people from the town's boundaries if I, if I so choose. You wouldn't do that to me and Matt Morgan. Definitely not. No, somebody so stylish yourself, not a chance. Could we have the... Could we have... Yeah, Ban Wogan! <laughs> ban Wogan from Blackpool! He is an irresponsible broadcaster. Terry Wogan's a lovely man. No, I know he's lovely. We, he's a stable mate of ours. Often we meet up at Radio 2 meetings. It, we're encouraged to, to just have full gay sex. We, we kind of envisage, you all, envisage you all together in the back room, sipping, Me, sipping coffee Chris and Evans. discussing. That's yeah, what it's I like, know, yeah, Jonathan Ross, all nude. Game of cards, you know. Wogan's very much the leader. He gets himself worked up in what can only be described as a sexual frenzy and governs us all with his powerful Irish wand. Um, now, uh, Mr. Mayor, the show is coming to an end now. We have a, a poet laureate of the show. He is Mr. G. Please help us help us to welcome Mr. G, everyone. Please stand by, O oh noble okay. Mayor, and hear the poetry of Mr. G. Didn't we have a lovely time the day we went to Blackpool? Russell and Matt, ice cream in the back, get in the van, it's part of the plan. The plan was to create a show that was uniquely approachable, rebelliously unmoldable and hopefully downloadable. Now the podcast Totem Pole has well and truly been reached with a t-shirt soaked treated with a breaststroke as Mr. Gay UK roller coaster along Blackpool Beach. The knobbly bobbly has probably seen better days. Mr. Nib stopped seeing moomins after the hypnotist gaze. A shout out to the crowd and Joey Blow who braved the cold and the rain. And the old mayor on his gold with his tangerine coat and his chain. Woo! Well done there, Mr. G. What a fantastic ending to a glorious show. Thank you for making our podcast number one. Mr. Mayor, thank you for being you. You had me at hello. (laughs) You are the sexiest mayor I've ever met. Let's have a quick kiss. Come on. Russell, I don't want to kiss you, thanks, honestly. (laughs) He said in a really adult way, "Uh, I don't want to kiss you, thanks. But not not suggesting... Give us a kiss, mate. (laughs) Not only should you be Mayor of Blackpool, but Mayor of London and perhaps King of the World like General Zod. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is Mr. Mayor, Mayor of Blackpool. Please applaud him. Russell Brand. You've been listening to Russell Brand's Best Bits on BBC Radio 2.